another episode of the Granite List Live. Navigating a sea of benefits solution is daunting at best, and new vendors emerge every week. Host Lee Dill and Sally Pace bring brokers and employers a solid resource when it comes to uncovering what's new, what's needed, and what is happening now to allow for the best plan design possible. By staying on top of trends, brokers and employers can in turn stay on top of spending while improving employee engagement and outcomes. Welcome back to the second half of the interview with Ryan Rice and Chris Zemke of PRISM Health Group. Our conversation continues, but we switch gears to the topic of rebates themselves that are oftentimes set forth in a proposal from a PBM. And what we've noticed in those rates is there's been such a degree of escalation over the last five years. Chris says, you're getting bigger rebates, but you're also spending a lot more and stepping over a dollar to pick up a needle. And that's really not the advised direction that we would take with folks. And we're going to see more of this. This concept of the aggregator and the way in which a rebate aggregator works with plan sponsors is emerging in the marketplace, along with the emergence of GPOs or group purchasing organizations. You will also hear PRISM's advice on the one additional question you should ask that is not typically asked in an RFP. Listen to this episode, Bigger Rebates Aren't Always Better. I'm going to switch gears to another hot topic, rebates. Oh boy. Ooh. That if someone could tell me exactly how they're calculated, I think they would win. We're going to need another podcast yeah. for that one. Another podcast and an abacus uh, yeah, for that one. <laughs> I have to take my socks off to count to 20, so I don't know. Yeah. So we'll save that for another, another date, but direct rebates versus rebate aggregators. There's a shift to move to the rebate aggregators. Can you explain what that is and, and why it's beneficial and why we're seeing that shift? This is a really uh, important topic as when we are running a what we call our partner alignment or a procurement effort, for example, we see this very, very plainly, is the variance and the, the difference in the metrics around the rates so that the rebates themselves that are oftentimes set forth in a proposal from a PBM. And what we've noticed in those rates is there's been such a degree of escalation over the last five years, and, and I think a lot of that hinges on a, a couple different factors. Number one, there's more expensive product to market, and there's more competition. And so between manufacturers and PBMs, there's a lot of stickiness in those relationships where, you know, to avoid the term pay-for-play, but maybe a, a more appropriate way of describing, which is the manufacturers are, in a sense, going to give more advantageous rebate for placement on formulary, as well as for uh, adding a removal of different utilization management like prior authorization requirements. So we see a lot of variance there. But one of the things that is probably most notable is this concept of the aggregator and the way in which a rebate aggregator works with plan sponsors and how a new concept called the GPO or a group purchase organization is also emerging in the marketplace. In a nutshell, what we're seeing is that it's almost a race to who can ever put forth the very best rebate guarantee. And that's all predicated on some sometimes some really bad underwriting, which is going to prefer the use of branded drugs over more than appropriate generics. 
we call this, you know, seeking the lowest net cost is what the preferred mechanism is. However, in order to be competitive on the spreadsheet, oftentimes PBMs are going to put forth their nastiest formulary that excludes certain products and, and prefers rebate-centric products to win that business. But then what we find is there is an escalation of total net cost. Yeah, you're getting bigger rebates, but you're also spending a lot more. It's stepping over a dollar to pick up a nickel. And that's really not the advised direction that we would take with folks. And we're going to see more of this. We're going to see more of this genuine desire to get as much rebate as you can uh, as smaller PBMs oftentimes use a GPO or an aggregator to gain access to collectively negotiate with manufacturers to get better rebates. And I think historically it was a lot of aggregator organizations. What you're going to see now are the big PBM, the big threes like Express, CVS, and uh, OptumRx. They control the majority of share. They have direct manufacturer relationships with uh, drug manufacturers, and they've created group purchase organizations. Express Scripts, for example, owns the GPO called Ascent. And so Ascent is also offering up through Express, Pride Therapeutics, and others the ability to tap into those rebate arrangements. I see, and I think we as a, as a firm believe, it's the desire to partner with these GPOs is only going to increase. Uh, you're going to see the big three, in a sense, controlling the aggregation services that are out in the marketplace, which I don't think is going to ultimately bend the curve reverse in lowering the cost of products, but also we're going to see this, this desire to increase the rebates as well. So how would that work? Um, you're up for an RFP. You've got one of the big three that you've already um, contracted with, and then you've got, let's say, two smaller PBMs that are also on the sheet. And like you said, the HR director, CFO, is saying, okay, who's going to give me the biggest rebates? Is the larger PBM in a monopoly state that they automatically get the higher rebates, even though those smaller groups might partner with their aggregator? Are they controlling that at all? So, super, super good question. question. And, and I think the answer is yes and no. Uh, and it really depends upon, I think, the opportunity that a group is going after. So let's say there is a 20,000-life municipality, like a state uh, health plan of sorts, uh, for the employees. And let's say Express Scripts is going to bid on this, or Prime Therapeutics is going to bid on this, who own or have a part ownership of Ascent, the GPO. So you would think that those entities could have the very best possible rebates or would be the most competitive on the spreadsheet, right? But also, you may have a smaller PBM that has an aggregation deal with Express and or Prime or whomever as part of that. One would think that, well, sure, if you take out the, the middle person there, there's not going, they should be able to write the very best possible offer, the best rebate. But what we're finding is that for strategic opportunities, the bigs will go after it. They'll take a loss in order to win that business and try to make it up in years two, three, or whatever. But it's still dependent upon how deep they want to go. What is the profitability they're trying to understand they got to make on a certain case? And we've seen scenarios where the smaller PBMs that are aligned with that same GPO are actually more aggressive because they've chosen, I'm going to make my money elsewhere, maybe with an admin fee or maybe with some other 
I'm going to maybe earn spread on the network discounts, but I'm going to pass through all the rebates that I'm getting from my GPO. So it's very possible, depending upon how the PBM downstream or that smaller entity chooses to set forth their offering, just like it is, it depends upon how the large PBMs who own the GPO would also put forth their pricing. Very possible that you can see a, a reverse of what should be intuitively competitive. You've got so much experience in this and so much understanding of it. Can a broker bring you guys in during an RFP to help explain contract negotiations for the client to really see who has the best value, even though one rebate might be higher than the other? Absolutely and emphatically, yes. In we fact, heard absolutely. Well, right. So <laughs> whether it's a project or an ongoing relationship, uh, we love doing the partner alignment, the RFP process. We feel that we're, we've got a different approach that measures things very differently. And especially with rebates, we actually look at, at the mix of the products themselves to sort through that concept of lowest net cost. Because the mix of product is what's ultimately going to determine you know, certain starting points. And every PBM is a little bit different in what they, in a sense, prefer as their mix of product. So taking the time and the diligence to understand what's going on, to then present multiple options via procurement, via uh, you know, market check, we love that stuff. And we would, it would be a, a genuine privilege and honor to be able to do that with advisors who think the way we do and vice versa. Awesome. So tell one, us. I was going to say, if you've seen one PBM contract, you've seen one PBM contract. And as Ryan said, uh, we love being kind of rolling up our sleeves to dig down into it and, uh, you know, find what makes those PBMs unique and explaining and helping our clients and uh, broker friends. I'm a contract geek. I love that stuff. So <laughs> set it my way. So let's take that geekdom to a new level. We've got a, I mean that the nicest way possible. So we've got both employers and brokers in our audience listening, and you are pushing the ball uphill in a really fast way in this PBM space. If you had a magic pen and could help them write one question that is probably not on their RFP for PBMs, what would that question be? Ooh, boy, that's a good one. You kind of limit it to one question, Sally. Just one? Pretty- yeah, let's give them one. <laughs> If you have one thing in the world, what could it be? Oh, man. Oh, yeah. Chris, what do you think? To me, I always want to know how someone is making their money. And what I mean by that is you have PBMs that their only source of revenue, so similar to Prism, our only source of revenue is our admin fee that we charge. It's all in. uh, You get everything straight up. This is how it is. You have others that maybe don't charge an admin fee, but there are maybe some other hidden streams of revenue that are deep within the contract. So for me, my one magic pen is, how is it that you are making money to help keep the lights on, pay for your employees? It all comes down to the financials for me. Yeah, I mean, there's lots of things like termination without cause, of course, and mainstay. Um, you know, having clarity of terms are also really important. I think the problem with other entities out there, they get this siloed approach. You can't look at one particular aspect in a vacuum. You're never going to win a deal on a dispensing fee. You're never going to lose a deal on what kind of ancillary programs that likely will never get put in place are actually going to be, uh, in a sense, uh, uh, implemented. 
So therefore, I think the most important aspect for any advisor who's out there who, or any plan sponsor that's out there, you have to maintain your autonomy, period. You need the ability and the right to make decisions for yourself. That means having access to your data, auditability, the right to terminate. All of these things are critically important. But I think the one question I would ask is, PBM, how are you going to help, uh, in a sense, create an autonomous relationship that is not based on exclusivity in a large sense of things, but that's going to give me the right and the, the ability to, in a sense, create a solution for my employee benefit plan that's going to, in a sense, amplify that vision that they have and, and making sure that that is a priority. Good questions. So if they don't want to write those questions themselves, how can they get in contact with you guys to help with project work? Can you give us? Well, we've got three to 400 other ones that we would be happy to give them to. Absolutely. Right? <laughs> uh, I think the best way to contact us is a number of different ways. You can reach out to us through our website, which is uh, www.theprismhealthgroup.com. You can reach out, uh, and, and there's a series of different ways to, to contact but I think that a great way would be to use your Granite List functionality as we are on that list and love being part of it. Uh, those folks do a fantastic job. So you can definitely hit us up through that medium and that'll direct you straight to Chris and or myself. Otherwise, you can hit us up. We'd be happy to share our direct contact information or hit us on LinkedIn. Either way, send up a smoke flare or, <laughs> or even a carrier pigeon. We'll, we'll take every bit of it. But we would love to work with anyone who believes in some of the things that we've talked about today. Fantastic. We really appreciate the conversations today. And on a, on a separate note, can you share your favorite book? What are you reading now or what is something that stays on your coffee table? Travels with Charlie. I'm a John Steinbeck nerd. I love it. I wasn't a big fan of Grapes of Wrath. I'll be, I'll be first to admit. <laughs> but The Travels with Charlie, I think... Uh, it's such a, a great and timeless book. Uh, it's a classic. And if you like dogs, you would love this book. So go out there. You probably already read it, but uh, it's, it's a good one. For me, one book that I, I tend to keep reading and have in my bookcase or coffee table is The Last Lecture with Randy Pausch. He was a computer science uh, professor at uh, Carnegie Mellon in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and it hit home. Uh, I've had cancer deaths in my family. And for him to give his last lecture, terminally ill, and pretty much telling his class to continue chasing your childhood dreams really kind of hit home for me. And, and my childhood dreams has always been to help people. And I feel now more than ever, I'm in a position that really allows me to help people, especially ones that want to be helped as it relates to their pharmacy costs. So that one is always kind of a, you know what, I haven't read this one in a while. I want to read it again. Love that. That's awesome. Well, thank you very much. And, and thanks, audience, for, for tuning in to another you, episode folks. of the Granite yeah. List Live. Thanks, guys. Thank, thank you. you, guys. We appreciate the time. Be well. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Granite List Live. Access our entire library by visiting your favorite podcast venue or subscribe on our site, thegranitelist.live. Mm -hmm.